0: You're listening to the oneabus.net podcast network. One of us needs and appreciates all your support.
1: Hey, Frank. Hey, Bradley. What do you call a teenager's dance career... That doesn't involve a traveling troupe, any kind of dance academy, or expert dancers looking to scholarship that teenager. Wade Robson? (laughs) You call it a hobby. I, oh
0: yeah, God. I should have gotten that. That's that's pretty I mean that that's, that's that was a good answer. Though. I mean no, that's on well thank you.
2: By the time you got to the punchline of that joke, Brad, I had already forgotten what the setup was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ooh this, this'll, be okay. this'll be good this will be good re-listening, <laughs> so re-listening that, the, value the, for this. The Meg Ryan sass is out tonight. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> so director and writer Meg Ryan and actress. Also fellow writers and actress. And actress. She,
0: she, she acts she acts too, right? On
1: occasion. Yeah, triple threaded in this, I'd say so. She also so.
2: did the fight choreography.
1: Well, now I'm just curious about that. <laughs> don't you, you? Both are so earnest. A lot of the time I speak with you, you don't confuse me. <laughs> okay. So th- this comedic we're, romance. We're throwing curveballs tonight. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Th- this is this is technically a, a Christmas holiday movie, I believe. What happens later, starring Meg Ryan and David Duchovny. Playing Willa and Bill, estranged lovers who broke up in their 20s, early 20s, and now find themselves 25 years later stuck at an airport together, both with pretty interesting lives they discuss, but what they refuse to discuss is the life they lived without each other. And maybe the magic airport, question mark, will help them rekindle those fires from long ago. This is what happens later. I didn't care for it. Um, (laughs) But with me to talk about it, hopefully in a more positive, less disingenuous sense, and I apologize for that. Someone who's always traveling, whether it's for business or for the holidays. Frank is with us.
0: Oh, why well, start apologizing now, Bradley? Um, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like being a buzzkill about movies. I don't. I didn't care for. No. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. We'll, we'll see.
0: I I, I I don't think you can hate this movie.
1: Right, right. There's nothing really to hate. Also, with us, someone who you could catch a flight with to the West Coast. Molina's with us.
2: Uh, I I don't. You know I don't live yeah, there, right, I don't, Brad? I really, <laughs> you don't live there.
1: I saw some <laughs> I saw some artwork you did of the West Coast, and I was just oh. I really wanted to visit.
0: She, she was she was drawing the house. The focus was the house, Bradley.
1: Yeah, she draws <laughs> houses, and I build homes in them with my family. And I want to live on a coast. Damn it!
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I live in Austin. We, we've only got lakes.
2: Oh. So sad.
1: I feel so bad for you guys. So something I want to get out of the way right away. Was this a magic airport or just kind of a guy trying to get fired over an intercom? Um,
0: uh, I want to go with the latter. But um, (laughs) because there there is a magical realism element to this. Yes. I love magical realism. That's something that that uh, our fearless fearless leader Chris Cox and I um, agree on. You can't just sure. you can't just insert magical realism into a movie and expect it to just be magical. Um, expect it to work um, because it won't. It needs to have a reason to exist, and this movie had no reason for any element of magical realism uh, to exist.
2: Yeah, it was one of the many examples of this movie, I think, attempting to be cute or attempting to rise above the sum of its parts while really just feeling contrived. You know, I just remember sitting there thinking so much about this from the attempts at magical realism, the the meat-cute, so to speak, between the two of them, and the arguments that, you know if you've ever seen a romantic comedy before in your life you know that they're going to get into until they have to have that turnaround point where they bond and start crying all of it just felt so written and when i say that i mean just it just written in, exactly, all, caps. Written in all caps as in <laughs> someone read screenwriting 101 before they set to work
0: M- Meg ryan said that you know this was um this is brought to her originally as a play and it was written as a play uh called Shooting Star by um I can't remember the name of the playwright but well, um one, the, one she, of the one of two other
2: guys one of the two guys who co-wrote this movie with her
0: Yeah and they all wrote it uh transformed it for the screen into a screenplay uh throughout lockdown in 2020 but going back to the um magical realism that element is where the fi- film feels uh, the most desperate. Right. Did you get that as well?
2: Well, kind of like it's desperate for a laugh more than anything else. Like you said, they're really... Uh-huh. when I think that if people are probably wondering, what do you mean by... what is What's an example of them using magical realism? Well, for example, one of the things that they do consistently is... Over the course of the entire movie, you've got these two people who are stuck in the airport and you've got the announcer coming up over the intercom constantly. And then at a certain point, it's almost kind of random when they do it. For some reason, it's like suddenly the announcer is the voice of God coming in and talking to them specifically. And like I said, it's awkward because it's like they're putting it in there for really no other reason than just to try to get the audience to laugh. Like, oh, isn't it just kind of funny and off kilter that we're doing this? yeah and then there will be entire points of the film where, for some reason there's no one else in the airport, like not even security guards, not even people who would be working there and that was there were several points where I was like, Are there supposed to be people here it's just that we're supposed to be kind of a, we're supposed to be kind of in the mindset of these two people, and it's like for the sake of it feeling personal between the two. It's like the people are there, but we don't see them.
0: I, I don't want to go for a cheap laugh, but at a certain point, okay, for for the nighttime scenes, fair enough. There aren't going to be a lot of people there, but there there is a long, not a long, but a significant portion, an extended sequence of this film in the daytime when they are clearly at a gate and they are the only two people occupying the many rows of seats mm-hmm. at this gate. Right. And if yeah, we've all been in an airport. It's hard to find a seat. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> c- come on. And these two people have a gate. It, 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 I know it sounds nitpicky, but this is the license that this movie takes right. uh, repeatedly. And, uh,
2: and even on uh, days where I've been in an, aer- in an airport where it's like four in the morning and it feels like you're the only person at your gate... There are security guards every 20 feet. Even, yeah. like I said, even in the most awkward of hours when all the shops are closed. And again, that may sound nitpicky, but they do it to such an odd degree and it feels so deliberate in so many scenes that I was wondering, is this supposed to be playing into the magical realism of this?
0: Well, but because they're going for actual reality at the same time.
2: Right. And they're trying to have it both ways. And it's, it's yeah, weird it, as a result
0: it doesn't work um and if we can switch over to the to the reality uh, aspect of this was
2: there any
1: well i think that there was but bottle if, movie I, in an airport
2: well, I, th- yeah. I don't
0: think that there was but uh I, I don't think an ounce of it could be found in any piece of dialogue hmm. and and the majority of this movie is dialogue it hinges on the dialogue on the on the exchanges right yeah uh everything between the two characters leaving me as soon as the scene was was over yeah that's that yeah. that's not good yeah i had
2: the same well, i had the same thought <laughs> like there's a particular there's a particular scene uh where the two of them it's like the first genuinely big argument that they get into where they go into this cafe they almost immediately walk out to the point where you're like i don't think they even paid um but they start screaming at each other and then they go was, they there go was, off screen there was no
1: there was there, there was no one there to pay Malina. that's true See, there you go <laughs> but it's like what made me so upset is that they weren't passionate in their argument but uh, go on please. oh no i'm I completely, <laughs> they sounded I mean, bored like bored actors I mean, you
2: just made my point for me because the second that that scene I'm sorry no i mean that's exactly it i'm like you know, long story making it short, once they cut to the next scene, that argument is over and they're now in the middle of a completely different conversation. The mood has completely switched. So you're Mm. you're, you're wondering like, okay, well, what was the point of even bringing that argument in there other than just to fill time and make it so that now that we can feel some relief that they're not fighting anymore? And I was like, that just feels kind of cheap.
0: Can I ask what uh everyone thought of um the chemistry between these two actors to these two very very different different actors
1: i don't think the chemistry was bad i thought they did a pretty good job at oh boy i have to tolerate this person <laughs> not just out of you know niceties because i'm a nice person but because we have history i thought that worked okay A lot of the dialogue, the story, why they split up, why such an epic love would end. Yeah,
0: the the splitting up reason didn't hold a lot of weight for me, personally. Mm.
1: The way they talked about it, it sounds like they were being brought closer together. And I'm like, is this too, like, scared to do the whole, like, and I hated you because you left me alone with my grief? Obviously, I can't write this dialogue either, but...
0: You're the next Meg Ryan, Bradley.
1: <laughs> and he wouldn't yell. He wouldn't yell. He'd be like, Well, you always run away. Well, uh, and I, it just seemed like David was waiting for the cut so he could smoke a cigarette. He'd be like, This is it. This is my career now.
0: Which, you know, it's something interesting to say before Melina, because I, I do want to hear what you thought about, about the chemistry between them mm-hmm. as well. Meg Ryan said in an interview that this was, you know, this is a $3 million budgeted movie, mm-hmm. which shows how economical. Um, a rom-com can be made. Yeah. Oh, sure. For for all its faults, it was a very tightly made film. But one of the sacrifices was uh, no playback, so they couldn't, you know, they couldn't oh, do a scene. Shit. They they can afford that, so they had, didn't have wow. the, not have the luxury to go back after doing a scene and go back and watch it. So they that gave them a sort of freedom and a sort of like, well, let's just do what we're gonna do because we don't know.
2: That makes sense, uh, because there were a a couple of points where I noticed that David Duchovny flubbed a line. There's one Mm, point where it's really (laughs) noticeable, and it was awkward. I actually rebounded. I was like, why did they keep that in there? That was such an (laughs) obvious goof. And it's not like they were doing extremely long shots where they were like, ah, well, let's just keep it and move on because we don't want to have to go and do five minutes of dialogue without any cuts. I'm like, no, this was a 20-second cut. They could have done it again. I guess it's because, like you said, they just didn't look at it.
0: From what I gather, the daytime scenes were were in an actual functioning airport. And the nighttime scenes, uh, most of them were shot in a museum.
2: It did. That, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Indie filmmaking.
2: Um. Well, yeah. In regards to the chemistry, I've seen some reviews on the negative side for this film saying that there were no... That there was no chemistry between the two of them. I do... I disagree with them uh, to a certain extent. I don't think it's crackling by any stretch of the imagination. I blame that more on the script than I do the actors Mm -hmm. or the characters. Uh, I think it does actually kind of help, if I may throw this movie a compliment, which I am, when it comes to this movie, I'm not without them. I like that they're does feel like there's a bit of uh, there's a lack of chemistry to a certain extent because these are two people who have been separated by life and they're having to yeah. kind of learn each other again. It makes sense that there's a schism and that they're not they, meeting They've perfectly.
0: become different people. Exactly. Naturally. You're like, I don't yeah. even know
2: who you are anymore, yeah. especially because they established that they broke up decades ago. But I think that the two of them as actors... Especially Meg Ryan, who is just so charming, regardless of what she does, whether the movie she she, she yeah. can't
0: not be effervescent.
2: Yeah, and I'm actually yeah, I agree with I'm that one you. of those people who believes yeah. that she can't not have chemistry with someone, even if it's not great, she's just that charismatic and she's just that endearing to where it's like you know that the uh, there's no actor who didn't enjoy working with her. It always comes across like these two people were having fun. And David Duchovny, I don't always say this, was kind of fun to watch here. Yeah. He was emotive. Yeah. You did feel he wasn't doing his 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 molder or smolder, as I like to call it. <laughs> molder smolder. <laughs> I have never heard that before. I love that. Thank
0: you. <laughs> That's so great. But I think that he's someone who himself is at the, and they both are at a very. One of the things I do find interesting about this is that even without them encountering each other, they're both at a very specific impasse in their own lives. And, um, and so in his performance, it really comes through because this is someone who the entire step of the film is already like, well, I've got, you know, I got, this is all I got. So screw it. You know, and he plays it in the very sort of like, um, uh, for lack of a better term, nonchalant, but he does with almost with no fucks to give anymore. <laughs> and 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 I think that works. I think his performance works. I think these aren't bad performances. For as dialogue heavy of a film as this is, and to have to maintain um that sort of, you know, level all the way through for an hour and forty minutes, uh forty something minutes. It's too long. um for this film, yeah, it is. for for the, for that for the premise for the setup, it is too long. Oh yeah, I agree. But they, uh, I, I think the performances do work, honestly. But I am unsure about the chemistry between the two. I mean, forget the fact that sixty something year old Meg Ryan is um, forty nine in this movie, which is eight years older than I am. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> who did a double
2: take when her character said that and we're all like what yeah,
0: <laughs> i was like I, I, yeah,
1: I, 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 I went to imdb like are you sure
0: uh i i'm like I, Don't i'm lie not ageist at all i my philosophy is be your age mm-hmm. just be your age nothing wrong with that
2: if i may quote the movie mermaids uh act your age not your shoe size uh <laughs>
0: i love mermaids we love mermaids yeah <laughs>
1: So before we age out of this review, I don't, I don't know, let's go into our too late. final that's, that's thoughts. Clue reference, too late. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Frank, would you carry what you've said into your final uh, thoughts?
0: Sure. Um, like watching this movie, I thought, wow, I really should watch The Doors. <laughs> I haven't seen that in years. And Meg Ryan was really good in The Doors. I need to, I need to, I need to watch that. Um, that shouldn't happen that just flat out should not happen in in, in a film that you should be engaged in and invested in. You know, I, I I cannot remember anything that was said um, between these two. There were a couple of revelations in there. um, Usually with babies, I got the, the sense of uh, this long overdue closure this sense of reevaluating your life when you're at your most um, vulnerable, and when life is is at its most precarious and unpredictable. Uh, the probably my favorite thing about this movie was its ending. How it, it it didn't give you a pretty bow, you know? It had a very much uh, a life goes on ending, and I appreciated all that, and I got all that. And I got all of that without
1: paying attention to anything these
0: these two people said to each other, <laughs> uh, which oh no yeah, and it's um it's a shame, and this just wasn't done the best it it could have been done, uh, sadly. So I am going to have to give this. Um, I gave a six and a half last night to that new Clooney movie. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a seven. Oof. Seven. And it's a very generous seven. uh, Seven out of ten um, things you just can't take on an airplane. Because I'm going on an airplane tomorrow. And and, um, I'm taking... I'm, t- I'm taking a book. I'm not taking anything scandalous. No crystals. No crystals. I actually use deodorant, so no crystals. Um, but, yeah. Yeah,
2: you want something that works.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 7 out of 10. Mm, uh more crystals. 7 out of 10 things you take on an airplane with you.
2: Yeah. A rain stick? Not one of them.
0: <laughs> not one of them.
2: <laughs> like, I don't know how that got through security.
1: Melina, your, your final thoughts. Um
2: well, you hit on a lot there, Frank, but uh, one thing that you started with this review this review with Brad, which I thought was perfect, is there's nothing here to hate. Or actually, Frank, maybe you said that. Um, whoever said it, you're absolutely right. I did not hate this. That was my worst fear that I would because I have not seen Meg Ryan in a good minute and I enjoy her in many things, including the stuff that's not been critically lauded, but stuff I love anyway, like... French Kiss is absolutely one of my favorite go-to rom-coms. Shut up, Rotten Tomatoes. I don't give a shit. Uh, but <laughs> I did go in with my walls down. I wanted to give this a chance. And what saved a good, well, not saved a good portion of it, but what did save parts of it for me were the performances. I did think that there was enough chemistry between the two leads to carry through most of it. I just wish that the dialogue of, you know, 90 of this film, depending on that, should have been so much sharper, so much more interesting, should have been memorable, and it wasn't. There was one scene that really riveted me and actually had me really smiling, and that's a scene that almost felt like the two of them were improv It's a scene where the two of them get drunk at a bar, and he's on the phone, and she comes in, and she's trying to talk Mm -hmm. to the customer service guy, and it was like, that felt like the actors just kind of playing around that was so real what yeah what ultimately failed here i think is the fact that this is supposed to be dialogue centric and the dialogue falls so flat through most of it i did think that the third act had some points that were kind of getting to me just because i thought well anybody who's been through something like that i even if it's movie land i like the idea of them coming together and talking about it and growing from experiences that that are that painful uh and I think the two of them as performers pull that, on, pull that off in a way that many others probably couldn't. Uh, at the end of the day, unfortunately, I'm probably going to forget all about this. And if anyone recommends it, if anyone asks me if I recommend it, I'll be like, well, if you're just dying to see a new Meg Ryan movie, God knows Pickens are slim, so go for it. But that's really the only reason I could. So I'm going to give this uh, 5 out of 10 rain sticks that... Uh, really shouldn't have made it through security. I can't even get my laptop through security.
1: It's not as funny, bad as Hallmark Christmas movies.
0: <sighs> no, it don't, no, no, it does no. have more depth and weight. No, it genuinely has more. Right. I don't think it was
1: trying to be. A...
0: It's
2: not <sighs> insulting. Yeah.
0: No.
1: The only time I was really like, <laughs> what? what is this supposed to be? is when things were happening on screen that seemed out of the hands of either a writer or a person who okays what music is allowed to play. Like there's music blaring and he's like, ah, this new music, I'm a grump about new music. I'm like, David, this music, this song is like 30 years old, I think.
2: Yeah, but they're shitty covers. I mean, I was mad because how dare you butcher a Tom Petty song like that.
0: Right, right, right.
1: It may have been a shitty cover, but, oh, I suppose that's what he meant by, okay, nitpick forgiven. (laughs) I enjoyed their honest conversation. It takes over an hour and I think an hour and a half actually to get there. And it's definitely not an easy subject matter to talk about, but the resolve of it, I enjoyed. I don't think either of these two people would have ever genuinely hated each other, and the reason for their split seemed weak, but uh, perhaps they didn't have enough time.
0: No, 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 they had all of lockdown, Bradley. <laughs> they had all of lockdown, yeah. <laughs> to craft this <laughs> screenplay. They had time. And as
1: as two of the characters are concerned, they had like 25 years to think about it. <laughs> So yeah, just kind of ho ho hum for this one. Five out of ten. Teenagers who apparently are too old to be told that dreams are take a lot of hard work and gumption. <laughs> like that dialogue was written for like a six-year-old. Like if he was talking to a six-year-old. Oh, she was
2: acting like one.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna be whatever I want, Dad. But, but on
0: that note, yay for rom-coms. Featuring older people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. You know,
0: like, that's cool.
2: With the amount of time these people clearly think about each other and with the amount that they drink during this, I'm like, uh, y'all would have drunkenly slid into each other's DMs at some point and been like, we need to talk right now.
0: (laughs) Or maybe not because they leave their phones around (laughs) willy-nilly.
2: That's true.
1: She doesn't know how her charger works. She can't plug it into a crystal. (laughs)